gendered issue for all women. Hey there, you bunch of smashers. This is Sarah Milliken. Welcome to the Standard Issue podcast. You've probably heard the news that Standard Issue, the magazine, is going offline and no new content will be added after the 30th of April. The good news is that will be a new weekly podcast. That means that as well as the gig casts, like this one, there'll be three more per month, which will be like the magazine, but in your looks. Make sure you've subscribed so you don't miss out. We're on iTunes and Podomatic for non-Apple eaters. In this episode, me and Standard Issue Deputy Editor Hannah Dunleavy had a brilliant natter with excellent women Victoria Corrin Mitchell, Jessica Hines and Diane Morgan. We talked about working in a shoe shop, accidentally dressing like a hobbit and the different things Stevie Wonder could be holding. Oh, also the rock and his kittens. This episode was recorded in front of a live audience at Leicester Square Theatre in London. We've got a whole bunch of these booked in with awesome guests including Mira Sayal, Sue Perkins, Janet Street Porter, Olivia Coleman, Alison Moyer, Jenny Clay. Oh, the May show is sold out, but tickets are available for the others. Go to standardissuemagazine.com forward slash events for ticket information. Admin. little bit of admin for you. I love a bit of admin. Just a quick reminder to please rate, review and subscribe to all of our podcasts on iTunes, including previous live events and fortnightly Geek Girl celebration, Strong Female Leads. Keep an eye on our Twitter, Facebook and standardissuemagazine.com. Everything here is just our opinions, so don't get head up, pets. Thanks. Right, I'll stop blethering on. Enjoy. Standard Issue for all women. How the fuck are you lot? Yeah. Oh, marvellous. That was good. I like that. Um, should we introduce everybody, even though we Well, actually, I thought I had quite a fun way of introducing okay, everyone. Okay, go on then. Yeah. What's your well, in honour of having Victoria Coral Mitchell here, the Queen of Only Connect, um, I... I thought it might be fun if we all introduced ourselves in the way that you get introduced on Only Connect, which is who you are, what you do, and then some random fact about you that you could just throw in there. So I'm going to start. My name's Hannah Dunleavy. I'm the deputy editor of Standard Issue magazine, and I was once mistaken for being dressed as a hobbit when I was actually wearing my ordinary clothes. <laughs> Over to you. <laughs> it's true. Over to you, Victoria. That's excellent. I don't, I don't have a fact. That's actually, but then, but that reminds me of a thing, and it's not about me, but it's funny, so I'll say because it reminds me about uh, Engelbert Humperdinck said that he realised he was getting old when he was looking down, at smiling happily at his new lizard skin shoes, and realised he was barefoot. <laughs> <laughs> it's an, incre- an increasingly familiar, familiar feeling. Um, I'm Jessica Hines, and um, what else do I need to say? I know I've got to do the fact. It's not yes. it's just the Well, fact. people know who you are. It's only with I'm me. A, I'm but, a writer and a, an actor or actress, whichever one you... Whichever, a, how, however, which way. And a writress. A comedian or comedienne. A writress. <laughs> Smurfette. Are a you a Smurfette? Smurfette. <laughs> <laughs> um, I recently... I've always hated fancy dress. I think it's because I'm a bit like, look, I'm an actor, I don't need to... My idea of recreation isn't getting dressed up. Um, so a dick, basically. I've been a dick for most of my life until recently when uh, my brother went out and had, he said, right, I want to have a fancy dress party. And uh, he was like, everyone has to do it. The, the, the theme is uh, movies. So me and my husband were going as a couple. We went to what is now closed, but the local fancy dress. Um, 
uh, shop. He looked around and then he saw this big uh, plastic mask and it was sloth from the Goonies. And he said, right, that's it. I'm sloth, your chunk. <laughs> and um, and I, I honestly can say that was the best night of my life. <laughs> best night ever, will ever have. It was brilliant. So, and I love fancy dress now. I don't love it, but I do it. And I, like, begrudging, I do love it, but pretend I don't love it that much, but I do. This <laughs> is <laughs> really weird. Uh, <laughs> I, I have to say who I am. Hmm? I'm Diane Morgan. Uh, hey. Thanks. Hey. I'm a sort of actress thing. <laughs> and uh, I used to be a dental nurse. <laughs> um, I am Sarah Milliken and I'm a comedian and writer and I had <laughs> oh no uh, I had my first ever sex dream last week <laughs> and I think it was a sex dream uh, all that happened in it was the rock <laughs> gave me some kittens. <laughs> Genuinely true. Four wow. kittens, four. Do you, sorry, do you mean impregnated you with kittens? No, you oh, were no. aroused by the dream of the rock yeah. giving you kittens. Right. I think I might have wanted to dream about him and pussy, and that's where it went. <laughs> I think. Did you, did you try and stay in the dream? Did you think, I'm dreaming, but I don't want to wake up, I don't want to wake up. Did, you, did that I try, but I always wake up for a wee in the night, and I can never get Damn. back in. It's annoying. Unless it was like the rock helping me wee <laughs> while I held kittens, that would that would be what was. That. Yeah, I love the idea that you think we're going to be talking about anything else for the next hour. <laughs> in, in, in what way was it a sex dream? Because he's got a cracking set of shoulders, and I love kittens. <laughs> Isn't that enough? <laughs> I like to think that. If I'd not needed a wee, maybe mm. the kittens would have clawed my clothes off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Etc. Do you need more? Do you need like and then he insert no, you didn't need to know about insertion. No, okay. What was that? That's, that's all I've got, love. That's all that's, is that bad that I've never had a sex dream until then? It's unusual. I could do it here. This is an interesting a quirky thing about me. I can do lucid dreaming. Do you know what that is? When you know you're dreaming and you yeah, can that, affect the yeah, outcome. Yeah, that's what I was saying. And when you're having a sex dream, lucid dreaming comes in handy. Well, it, for, <laughs> for, for the, let, let me tell you, that for, when you, as soon as you realise you can do that, for many years, you basically you just make every scenario sexual. You're, quite quickly, the, what your brain says, oh, i tell you what could happen now. <laughs> and, and then, but you get to 40 and even asleep, I can't really be bothered. <laughs> A couple of nights ago, genuinely, I'm consciously having the thought, well, we could or I could just stay asleep. <laughs> I've only ever had that kind of dreaming when I've been driving. <laughs> Do you ever get that? You know, you're really tired when you're driving and things get a bit ridiculous and then you realise that you need to pull over. I've never been able to do that kind of dreaming while actually in bed, sort of hands-free, sort of speaking. <laughs> <laughs> things about my job is doing this. Um, one of the worst things about my job is having to 
get out of my pyjamas and come and do this. So um, I was wondering if you could tell me what the best thing and the worst thing about your jobs are. Start with Diane. Um, oh, God, it sounds really cheesy, doesn't it? But obviously, I get to do what I've always wanted to do for money. And, and that, is that the actor, or is that...? <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible, though, isn't it? And it's taken me so long. Uh, but what's the worst thing about it? Yeah. I think the worst thing, not that there are, there are many bad things, but it's when someone comes up to you and they say, uh, what have you been in? They find out that you, you do telly, and they say, what have you done? And you'll say, oh, you, you probably haven't seen anything. And they go, no, 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 go on, what have you done? And then they force you to tell them what you've done. And then they say, oh, I don't really watch TV. <laughs> have you thought about, like, laminating tiny copies of your CV to just hand out? Yeah, that's a great idea, yeah. Just a suggestion. Mm. Might make it like, slightly less awkward, <laughs> although it looks like you've prepared for the occasion. <laughs> it is, yeah. yeah, it's a bit odd. when you ha I have that before in a in a Toby Carvery. <laughs> oh, yeah, things have gone well. Uh, this girl came up and she said, me and my boss really recognise you, but we don't know where from. <laughs> and I was like, am I supposed to list my CV? <laughs> what did off. you do? I know I didn't. I said, uh, I sort of said, like, panel shows and things, and she was like, no, not that, what else? <laughs> it's a very similar situation. And I just, I wolfed down my, uh, my cheapo Carvery and fucked off. <laughs> What about you, Jessica? Um, well, I still talk, you know, about a job I had, like, and think about it, maybe a little bit too much. And I think I've realised what I loved about it, and it's not what I do now for a living, but it was... Um, it's, I worked in a shoe shop, and... Um, this is a bit spinal tap. <laughs> and, uh, and do you know what I loved about it, which my job doesn't have, is I loved the sort of... Love doing the same thing every day, five days a week. Same little routine. Buttered toast at 11 o'clock we had from the little calf around the corner. And it just... You know I you could have buttered toast now, don't you? <laughs> it's not the same. It's not the same because you've only got ten minutes and it's sort of... The, just the fact that your life is, has routine and structure mm. every day and you, you're in a little kind of team... And, you know, and I loved selling Birkenstocks. This is before Birkenstocks were really ubiquitous. You know, people would come to the natural shoe store to get Birkenstocks because you couldn't buy... You know, you, you know it's, Birkenstocks have practically gone out of business because everyone's copied Birkenstocks. But when I worked in the natural shoe store, people would come from, you know, literally miles around. So you felt like you were doing something tangibly good by selling people Birkenstocks. <laughs> <laughs> because before they had the Birkenstocks, they had a bad back, or they were this, and then, and I... Did you I feel like a doctor? <laughs> uh, I loved talking to them, and they'd talk about the fact that they, they, they hadn't been able to walk, and now they can with a cane. And I... <laughs> because of you. I used to love, because of me, no, but I used to love... Did you have one of those that. Um, foot measuring things that you oh, put your foot in? The, and the yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that. And then you'd have to... You know, you, there was ways of fitting Birkenstocks so that, you, you know, you, you had to have the right space. Are you sponsored by Birkenstocks? <laughs> <laughs> 
you can't, I mean, you know, burger sorts aren't, I mean, I don't need to sponsor them. I mean, they're doing very well, but I love that, I think. But I, I just love that, that routine and that part of, we were talking about it at work recently, and, and, and I think it's a thing. A lot of actors go, oh, could you work in an office? And I'm like, yeah, I really could. I would love it. <laughs> I really would. Just as like, long as it was you could have your little tea bags. I mean, obviously, I'm glamorising it. I'm, I'm, I'm romanticising it out of all proportion. I know that. But in my mind, there's something just beautiful about that. Biscuits, not biscuits, maybe sometimes. Rice cakes, you know, and sort of chats and... and outfits and things like that and I do <laughs> like I just there's a joy in that that, that that I don't you know like when I go to work it's different you know it's sort of and, and it's more random mm. so that's the thing that I don't like about my job but what I do like about my job is that you don't have to deal with feet every day <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to do that I'd love to deal with feet every day I don't I don't mind you know I mean they, they've got socks on Apart from the monk, he turned up without socks on. He, he had his own handmade sandals, and then he came in stinking of cigarette smoke in his monk habit. And um, was Did tried to... Did put a little pop sock on? No. <laughs> he was a monk. I'm not going to... I'm not going to tell him what to... He still could have barugas. And then he tried to kick like, his feet like that. Like, he was wearing the, the Arizona style. I don't know if anyone's familiar with that. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have a back buckle. And uh, he was just trying to... And I was like, what are you doing? And he was like, well, I'm, I need to make sure I can play football in them. And uh, it was just, you know, happy times. Anyway, so, so that's, you know, what I don't get in my, my job right now. But, yeah, what I do get now is doing, you know, what I love sometimes. And I do, you know, support my family. And so I'm grateful for that. And um, and they get to come and hang out with you guys, so that's good too. <laughs> is, <laughs> is hanging out with us as good as buttery toast? At Do you know what? Do you know what? I've just realised if we all worked in a shoe shop, <laughs> we would have the best fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> we would be so fucking happy. I'm not I sure think. I know enough about shoes. I was in, <laughs> I was in my mum's house yesterday because it's Mother's Day and I went to visit her and she was going on and on about this mystery of this pair of shoes that have turned up at her house and she didn't know who they belonged to. And she's like, they're like clearly a small boy's <laughs> like school shoe. And she went on and on about it and I was like, well, who's, who's been round here to leave them here? And she was like, I don't know, there's been no small boys around here to, small boys around here to leave them. And in the end I said, let me see them. And I was like, they're mine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my God. I'm not paying for the expensive stuff when I can have like little boy shoes for virtually nothing. And they're durable. Little girl shoes fall apart in 30 seconds. True. Little boy shoes are a bit more durable. True. Victoria, the best thing about your job? Um, well, I don't really have a job is the first thing. I mean, I really, I don't. I, do, I have various sort of potential revenue streams. Um, <laughs> of, of, of the things that I do to make money, well, the best thing is I, I very rarely have to be anywhere early in the morning. Unless you're making a documentary and then it's sort of 97-hour dates, but generally they can't make me be anywhere early in the morning, which is great. Um, the, the worst thing... I mean, nothing is terrible about it, but the worst thing, as slightly nuanced, is when people are angry with you or dislike you for something you didn't really do or say. <laughs> that just makes you want to smash your head against the wall. If, if you write something and people 
either interpret it to mean something it doesn't, or they hear something about it. It's, it's a bit weird when people know who you are and you don't know who they are. I'm very suited to that. Most of the things that I do, it, it, it's sort of, it's unfortunate that in order to pursue these various careers, you have to be looked at doing it. Because to make a TV show, if nobody's looking, it's a slightly odd proposition. It's not, <laughs> and so you, they kind of have to be. I don't really like that. I hate having my picture taken. I feel slightly awkward being looked at. But even, even playing poker, which was a thing that I was drawn to because it was secret and furtive and kind of happened in, in, in basements, um, <laughs> became this sort of big mainstream thing and people started taking pictures and filming it. And, and you can go a bit mad when you go to places and people know who you are and have ideas about that. But if they think something negative about you and it's not really you, and, you know, they, they say, oh, she's so full of herself. And you think, you see, now there's a lot wrong with me, but that's not one of the things. <laughs> that's, quite, that's quite frustrating. So generally, the worst, especially if I, cause I write a, a column most Sundays in The Observer, and if you go online and people are very angry about it and they're misrepresenting what you said, that's very, very frustrating. Do you read the comments? Well, I don't read the comments on... Because they print articles... Actually, I tell you what the most annoying I, I, thing I is. I actually write most of them. Most of them. <laughs> the, the ones on the website... It's like a hobby. <laughs> so it, it, they, they print Observer articles on the Guardian website. So a quite annoying thing is about five people a week, when I say, here's my Observer article, write back, no, it's in the Guardian. I write back, no, it's in the Observer. Um, <laughs> as if I don't know. But, you no, know, there, you know, those comments I never look. No, that's venomous. They're crazy, but, though. Guardian and Observer comments. I mean, then everybody knows that those people are nutcases. Mm. They are absolute lunatics. I would say comments in general. We don't have comments for yeah, precisely that, that reason. I mean, that, if people want to have a go at us, they do have Twitter. But I don't mind. that The stuff that people say is terrible. I don't mind a lot of it. If it's... Uh, really random or legitimate. I don't really mind. I don't really know the people if they want to. But if somebody writes, you know, I hope you die of cancer, <laughs> oddly, I don't really mind that. Because maybe, they, you know, they're talking about their own opinion. Maybe they do. I don't mind that. I don't mind, I think she's ugly and I find her annoying or whatever horrible things. I don't mind any of that. I'm sorry about that one. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I mind is... Um, why have you written this thing in support of Woody <laughs> Allen? I, thought, I haven't written a thing in support of... That's what drives you most, when they think something that isn't quite... Oh, right. yeah, and quite often people... I mean, I literally, just before I came on stage, I looked on Twitter and I had a tweet that I'd written something about Borbork Empire. I called it a flawed masterpiece. And I had a man come up, uh, just send me a message saying, oh, well, why is it flawed then? Like, Read the fucking article. <laughs> There's a thousand words. I'm not is entering Is that why you debate. responded? I hope it is. Read the fucking article. <laughs> it was slightly politer than that. Slightly, <laughs> I have to say. But not much. Yeah, but, people uh, are really quick to take offence, aren't they? Or pretend to take mm, offence. Yes. Mm. Yes. Like, I did uh, Room 101 recently, and I put magicians in, obviously. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and someone tweeted me to say, uh, it might have escaped your attention, but Paul Daniels is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Little bit insensitive. <laughs> it wasn't, like, that day that he died. <laughs> Was so year to the day. But, oh, I'm relieved, by the way, that it's, it's it, magicians. The concept of a person who does magic, not the film in which Jessica Hines and my husband oh, no. play lovers. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, I stress that. Not not magicians. The film. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's appeared in a lot of my lucid dreams. I guess. <laughs> 
indulged her in your lucid dreams. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's charming. It's a charming. It's a charming kissing sequence. <laughs> I'm really glad we got that out of the way. <laughs> I was going to ask all of you uh, what you think the best thing is about getting older. Victoria, start with you. About getting older? Mm. Nothing is good about it. <laughs> Nothing. No, you get, you get more tired and saggier and closer to death. There's literally no plus. <laughs> I thought the plus Merry was... Christmas. <laughs> I thought... I agree with all of those things. Not about you, about me. Uh, uh, but I thought the plus was that you don't give a shit. Yeah, I find mm. that. I give absolutely no shit at all now. No shits. No shits. <laughs> I give so little of a shit. How old are you? Uh, Forty-one. When did that tick over? Like, did, did, did I think that... it was about? It was late thirties. It started kicking in. Mm. But now I just do not give a shit. I just what, feel what like there's probably quite a lot of me. women who might be over 60 here thinking they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't got a puff or beautiful going, oh, yeah, I'm getting older. Though no, we don't, we don't, we can't, we're young. The fuck oh. are you talking about? Comparatively, I mean, we're not 80. No. Do you know what? That's fucking, that's hardcore. But I did say, <laughs> that's, that's, Fucking, that's was, not for what did weaklings. you like about getting older, not about getting old? I didn't oh. say that to any of us, because you'd all bash my fucking head in. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, j j it's nice not to have to go to school, but that happened quite a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, I'm so glad we don't have to go to school. <laughs> I, do. I, I like school. I'd like to be at school. <laughs> Both, both. I'd like to be both, maybe. I could. Oh, I just, you know, it's just the structure. Just want some structure. Just want some structure in my life. <laughs> so you don't like anything about getting older, Victoria? Nothing at all. In all seriousness, sometimes when I wake up and it's a really terrible day ahead, I really do think at least I don't have to go to school because <laughs> I mean that was really awful. Um, but, but no, I also. I mean, I have, I've been a lot happier in recent years than I was before, and I don't know how you would tie together sort of getting married and having a child, which I did sort of later than people normally do, and maybe that was because I was more comfortable or, or something like that, but that just makes me more worried about getting older and wish I had more energy and more time. It's sort of the, the, mm -hmm. the in a way, the happier you are, the more you think... I wish there was uh, 200 years of it. I totally agree. I, I, the, more, the happier you get, the more you panic about it, about not being happy. Mm. Like, I was, hap in a way, happiest when I was most miserable. Because <laughs> 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 I knew where I was then, you know. It's like, yeah, I know I'll get this. Yeah, sure, all this shit. But then as soon as... Because you had hope. You no, know, I had no hope. I was like, I don't fucking need hope. It's all shit, you know. But, yeah, so what? Like, who knew, obviously, that was going to happen. And then as soon as things get better and happier, you're like... Oh, fuck, fuck, shit, shit. When's it going to end? When's it going to end? <laughs> and it's like, that's so... I, I, I relate to that. I think that's quite a well-established phenomenon, isn't it, that you, you worry about that you're going to lose things? But yeah. Personally, I just like the idea I can eat pudding first if I want to. <laughs> that is the, that's the, the just, joy of being a grown-up. Or just pudding. just eat yeah. pudding if you yeah. want. I think because getting older doesn't necessarily mean you're getting wiser, does it? No. You know. <laughs> <laughs>
what, what advice would you give to a woman who wanted to be, not just in your career, but generally, just in life, if, if a younger woman came to you and asked you for advice, what, what advice would you give her? Well, if somebody wanted to be me, like if somebody... Well, not, not necessarily <laughs> literally you, but, you know, maybe you wanted to get into comedy or, you know... Oh, I thought, because if it was, like, me, <laughs> I'd sort of suggest to start saving for bras now. It's <laughs> <laughs> so expensive. And as we, we all learnt backstage that you're supposed to hand-wash them and a lot of us didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know it. My mum wasn't so obsessed by those fucking shoes. She could have told me that. <laughs> yeah, your mum should have known how yes. small your feet are. Yeah. You'd think. Victoria? I, I, don't, I don't think I could give somebody advice on how to have my career. I could tell them what I did, but that's not the same thing. Um, I think it worries me sometimes when you see people especially now there's the internet and it's very easy to ask questions directly of, of, of people that you know of the TV. People ask that a lot. How do you become an actor, a writer, a comedian? It doesn't really work like that. You sort of do the thing and you might get lucky. If people ask me about advice for playing poker, that's a very different story. I actually have a that. question further down here on advice on playing poker. <laughs> well, but that's a Ask different... it now. Ask it now. I know what is the poker question. Well, well, see, I have a problem with my face. I have lots of problems with my face. But <laughs> the main problem I have with my face is it registers every right. single thought I have on it all the time to the degree that my nan told me when I was little I had to work on it or I was going to get beaten up a lot. Um, and I just wondered how you go about... Will you be giving something away about yourself? In you your tell case, me what your I would say, uh, don't play. Don't play. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I was thinking if I went full-on mad-looking, then they wouldn't be able to gauge me at all, would they? It's, it's <laughs> oddly, that's not a problem that women players usually have. You get When I uh, started, you get a lot of men, a lot of male poker players, the same ones that would say... Women can't play poker, they can't bluff, they don't know what they're doing. And they would be the same men that would say, my wife, I never know what she's thinking. <laughs> Says one thing, means another. And, and the same kind of bloke that doesn't believe that women can fake orgasms as well. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. there's a lot of advice you give people genuinely if they want to play poker. There is stuff you can say, right, for, you know, keep a separate bankroll, don't play in games that are too big or too small, you won't play properly. Uh, if you want to be professional poker players, I would always say have another job, another source of income, and there's technical advice you can give about how to play certain hands. For writing and comedy and that sort of thing, you just can't... People want to hear the magic formula. They want to hear, well, if you do an Edinburgh show, if you write to these people... It just doesn't work like that. You have to just keep doing the stuff because you love it. If, if not being successful means you wouldn't want to do it, don't do it. And you, you just do it, and if you keep working at it and you're ideally a bit good and a bit lucky, you might get somewhere, but it's very hard to... I mean, I know you might feel differently about being an actor. Actors might have a, a particular path to follow. Well, I, I never wanted to do straight acting. I never wanted to do sort of Shakespeare anything. I only wanted to do comedy. So I didn't know where to go. But I think that's good advice if you do it anyway then you should do it. But if you think, you know... I think if, if there's nothing else that you would rather do, you, you know, that's when you know you should do it. Because for me, there wasn't anything... There wasn't another option. There wasn't it a was shoe shop, for example. No. <laughs> it was that or telesales, so it was good. I had to make it work. Yeah, I did telesales. I hated telesales. Yeah, it's awful, isn't it? What did you sell? 
Uh, well, you, you do you do like um, online? Uh, so you you'd, you do like a sort of thing where you'd have a questionnaire. So you'd have to ring oh. people up who've been given Bacardi Breezer, for example, in the high street, and you'd have to ring up. Through and the then... day, they've been given Bacardi Breezers in the street in the day. Listen, I wasn't on the ground. <laughs> I, I was back at HQ taking the calls, you know, trying to or calling blind calling people, who then sometimes would say perhaps they should. Maybe had a problem. I remember <laughs> in drinking Bacardi Breezer in the day. I had a few long conversations, but um, that's what we did. Bacardi Breezer. What, what did, did you, you do? Did you and, and others. You just ring up and go. What you know? Did you A? Did you C? And then I started to sort of realise that actually, if I wanted to keep them on the line, if it was a man, I, I, they, I, I would hook them in. If I made it sound like they were. I was ringing them up and I was like a friend that like we'd met or something, do you know? So Lying. say hi, Lying. Yeah. And sort of being a bit flirtatious at the beginning of the call. That used to hook them in. Terrible. They were really Awful. angry, didn't they? If you you know. because I, I was um, asking people if they were happy with their accountant. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and were they generally? Well, my, people would just get really angry that you called them. They used to get like, I got out of the bath to answer this phone. <laughs> <laughs> Did <Yeah>. you tell? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to work out if I've ever answered the phone naked. Surely. You must have done. I don't I think so. so. <laughs> I'm quite I'm not a never nude, I'm not one of those, but I do I do that quite a lot. In a sort of carry on. You're style. still naked if you're doing that. Not really. <laughs> not like a like a flesh bikini on. <laughs> What's some good advice you've been given? Don't stick a knife in the toaster. <laughs> no, it's great. Any good advice career wise? <laughs> really? I, I wasn't given any advice. I just had to struggle around for years and years. <laughs> Honestly, that's what you do. You try everything and then eventually something works. But then the toaster <laughs> tip the stops toaster you dying good. in yeah. the middle of the struggle. Yeah. Exactly. So you that. know, you can get little sort of wooden tongs. Did you know this? Forget no. So you can have a look at the toast. <laughs> I should you can have a toaster that just sort of pops yeah, it up. Yeah, but sometimes you can't... <laughs> if it gets hooked... Or if you or have if it gets jammed, yeah, with a crumpet, yeah. Yeah. My crumpets are too fat and they get... They go too low, mm. so I have to sort of... So my where'd, you, where'd you get the wooden prongs from? I don't know, because my friend bought me them because she saw me doing it with a knife. <laughs> and she didn't want me to die, so she got me the wooden tongs. But then another, I got them out one time when a different friend was staying over. And because they're sort of, they're wooden and they have kind of, the end is joined, obviously, because they're tongs. Mm. This friend picked them up and just opened them straight away like they were chopsticks. <laughs> so now I have to kind of, sort of pull the crumpet out. Fucking worth nearly dying. Yeah. So that was good advice, even if it wasn't career advice. <laughs> that is valuable. <laughs> Victoria? I d it's, it's a really tricky one, and I think you'll find that most people that are performers, let's say I say they're sort of an actor that's followed a very traditional line, I think most people their career has followed quite a quirky path and random things have happened, mm. and that's how they've got there. I, one thing I suppose I would say is that. Um, my father was a, a writer and was on TV a bit. And a lot of people 
when I started, even now, actually, even though, you know, he's, he's been dead 10 years, but people will say, oh, you know, she only got the job because of her father, whatever the job is. And I would think, now, they don't really understand. What people imagined, I think, is that my father would sort of ring up newspaper editors <laughs> and say, give my daughter an article to write, or, or to introduce me to TV producers, and they would say, oh, you must come on this show. And there wasn't anything like that at all. It was just like a, a, a normal father. I didn't, you know, get work that way. But... One thing you, you do get if, you're, if your father is a writer and a performer is you, you, you absolutely believe that it's possible. In no sense does it seem unlikely. That seemed like a normal thing to do. My mother worked in a hospital, that was one sort of thing. My father, you know, got up, wandered into work about 11 in the morning, came back drunk, you know, occasionally. <laughs> his, his picture would like, be in the that's paper. for me! <laughs> you, you, it, it wasn't in any way strange, whereas my husband, for example, who is also a, a, a writer and performer, infinitely more successful than me, but his, you know, his parents were, they worked in hotels and they were polytechnic lecturers, so for him, the idea of being a comedian or being on TV, it was a much longer journey. For my father it was, you know, his father was a, a plumber. So I think I see other people who have either been luckier or worked harder or are more special than me because they had to make a bigger jump to believe you could make a career doing that. And I never asked that question. I thought, if you want to write, you write. You want to mm. perform, you perform. So I suppose uh, the, the one bit of advice I would give people is, if they're, they're starting young, you might as well start off believing it's possible. Mm. If it isn't, you'll find out. <laughs> but I would say, think, you know, imagine that one of your parents is already doing this. It's not weird. You know how a lot of people, you know, if they... They're a butcher. Their father was a butcher. People think that's normal. They don't in TV. They're suspicious. But I suppose I would say that to, to um, a 17-year-old. Yeah, people don't say to somebody who follows in their father's footsteps as a butcher to go, you only got that job in the butcher because your dad <laughs> worked in the butcher. Yeah, they don't. But you think, it's, it's very simple. You go, well, sure. I mean, I, but only in that sense, which you'll probably not imagine, in that sense that you thought that's the kind of thing people do. And I think if you're... You know, if you're... I mean, well, uh, Sarah would know a lot better than me, but if you're, if you're not born in London, if nobody in your family does that kind of thing, it, 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 you might think... You might dream of being a comedian or a writer, or you might think nobody really does that. I, I think that it's, it makes me think of that thing that someone said to me in a different context, but I'm always having the same battle, but it's basically you don't have to ask permission. There's no one who's going to give you permission to do it. It's not like suddenly... You're going to get the written, oh, great, brilliant, I've got the certificate of permission to do what I want with my life. It, and I think that we're all trapped, can be at different times, thinking that there is some sort of magical permission granted. And in, in the end, that, it just, that just doesn't, it doesn't, you give yourself permission. If you want to do it, you can just do it. And then you'll have to battle your insecurities and your, you know, worries and fears and, Things to, to 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 get and to, to actually do it, mm. but that, that but all of that is only ever with yourself. It's only ever you that will give yourself permission to do anything, anything at all that you want to do. And um, I think a lot of people who don't is because they have a a, 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 a sense that they're yeah again not entitled to, not allowed to. But who doesn't allow you? Who is the person saying? Oh, no, 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 no. Careers advisors? <laughs> I remember my careers advisor. I remember him really clearly. I mean, and I had already... I don't know why, but I'd, he, he, he was very interesting. Quite tanned, completely clean-shaven legs. 
and, and he had quite a his trouser sort of red up quite high, and he had, <laughs> and I was just that's all I could think about during. <laughs> I just kept looking at him and then his legs and him and then his legs. Can't remember really. And sure enough, he, he went to work in a shoe shop. <laughs> <laughs> well, by then, by then I already had an agent, so the shoe shop job was to pay the rent because I had to pay the rent. I had to support myself, and you know pay for my rent and food and I, I, I had to do that from 18 you know and that and live very very independently mm. and that was it was it, I loved that freedom but I, I, I was lucky enough just to have at some point and I don't know when perhaps a teacher said to me you could be an actress if you wanted and that almost felt like permission somebody saying that I could and I think that, that I just took hold of that mm. and then just sort of like that that I just kept that and I kind of didn't... I, I think people would like to, again, prod you or poke you or drama. And, and then lots of teachers will say, well, you, it's just... It doesn't, it's not going to work, you know. It's, you're never going to get anywhere. You know, you're going to have to have a backup. You're going to have to do that. And I don't think that's true. I think it, you, if you keep hold of that sense that it can happen, as you were saying, somehow, that, 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 that you know, you'll, you'll keep going. You'll keep going at it. Do you think he was waxing his legs? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I think that, you know, m Mr. might have sometimes liked to be Mrs. And that's what was just going on in Don't my head. And I looked at him thinking, God, yeah, he does kind of look a bit like his aunt. Like, I'd imagine his aunt to look like. And, um, <laughs> I like the way that that's what Diane he's... took from that story. <laughs> you dropped that in really early, and then you said all the rest. Maybe it was his ploy, because careers advisors don't generally give out great advice, and I'm quite safe to say but that. what that taught me was, actually, whatever you do, have a rich inner world. You know, like don't, yeah. don't, don't, just you know, you're allowed. You, you can, you can yeah, find success kids. and self and satisfaction. You can't just want to be famous, can you? I think it's just a lot of kids just yeah. want to be oh, famous I, rather than having a passion for something. Well, like, I was really geeky about comedy, and I think that helps. But if you just want to want fame, I that doesn't work. I met um, a, a girl just who, 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 she was really sweet. I was filming in a country house, and she was the daughter of the people who lived at the country house. She was a very, very nice girl, sweet and friendly. And she said, hi, I've just come and say hi and just say, really, really kind of interested in acting and I think that's what I want to go into. And I was like, oh, great, you know, you go to Edinburgh. She was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I said, you know, get together with your friends and go off and do it. And she went, yeah, kind of just sort of more interested in film. And I was like, you're <laughs> never going to ever be an actress. I didn't say that, but I was like, you're completely deluded if you think that, you know, that's you're just going to think, I just want to do film. I mean, it wasn't... Mm. She's obviously... She, she, she could get a job in a cinema. It's sort of the same. <laughs> but it's I like, if you don't want to... If, you if you're not happy busking, then you probably shouldn't do it. Because mm. you and have to think, good. even if I busk... And I knew, by, by the time I was 17, I absolutely had that mindset. Even if I just busk. And I just all I do is I have another job and I busk for the rest of my life, and I ne nothing ever happens. I said, that'll be happy. Mm. I'll be ha that, that'll be happy. And then I'll learn to speak English. <laughs> no, but I'll be happy doing that, because I'll just be performing. And I had a, a comic character, a magician, a comic magician that never, never came to light, because I ended up doing something else. You wouldn't have liked it. <laughs> I think you'll find but, most, uh, most people wouldn't have liked it. But it would have been a bad... But no, the idea was that it was a comic magician. It was a man who was a comic magician who couldn't do magic trips, because I couldn't do magic trips. And that was, I was like planning that. I was going to go and busk, find a little thing, Covent Garden, whatever. And I think that's like, 
you know, that's the attitude. And whatever the outcome, however you're doing it, if it's like theatre or community theatre or you doing, you know, you have to go, well, whatever happens, if I'm doing it, it's good. Mm. Low expectations, I think is what I'm saying. <laughs> Just lower those expectations right the fuck down and you'll be fine. How do you guys uh, relax if you even have time to do something? Victoria, do you have time to relax ever? I don't really relax. Because you don't have time or because you're not very good at it or...? I think it's a combination of two. I slightly don't have time. But she's got a two-year-old, you know. Like... Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm doing lots of yeah, things I've at once and I don't really have time. But also... <laughs> <laughs> I think if you... Um... <laughs> I think you... <laughs> There's a certain personality type that isn't very good at relaxing. And I'm definitely someone who... I, I sort of turn my hobbies into tasks. I don't know why. It's what a weird yeah. work ethic. I thought, those cards won't play themselves. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't... Because what happens is... Because you, you get this... Yeah, my, my, my daughter is nearly two, and it's very much at the time when they're, they're supposed to... You know, they, they, I don't know if you know this about children, they nap in the day, I discovered. Um, I didn't Don't have children for a very long time, so it's quite... <laughs> they, do, they, they snooze in the day, but I think they're meant to stop doing that at about, about one, but I can't have her stopping doing that, because that's when I get stuff done. So these two times a day, when you sort of put them in the... I just put her in there anyway and say, you know, make your own fun. And, um, <laughs> but, you know, you, you get an hour, and then the books say... But even when she'd just been born, and the books say, well, just sleep when they sleep, when they're sleeping for an hour. And I think, no, she's gone to sleep, I could... I mean, literally anything. It might be write an article, it might be grout the bathroom. And uh, I realised after a bit, I obviously quite like being busy. I don't like being relaxing. It makes me nervous. To not be doing something makes me nervous. As soon as... And you just, you're just type A or type B, and I'm the type that as, as soon as one thing stops and it's quiet, my brain, then what could I be doing? And that, but that's pleasurable. The pleasure and satisfaction comes from getting something done. I'm quite similar. I like before I go to bed, I just kind of download my brain onto a bit of paper all the things I have to do the next day, and that's the only way I can sleep is if I've made uh, sort of a concrete list of the things. Because I've I've got I would say nervous energy, but if I did, I'd be a lot thinner. Because all the people I know have nervous energy are a lot thinner than I am. Maybe I'm spending my downtime eating fucking chips. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> but I'm not generally very good at relaxing. It's very if I. Sometimes, like, lately, because I've been writing a lot, if I do relax, I just doze off to sleep, so I go... I can't really do that middle bit very well. <laughs> Jess, are you good at relaxing? Um, well, I am getting better. I very much can relate to what you ladies are saying. And, um, but, no, I, I'm, I'm getting better, and, and, and I'm... I mean, at the moment, my relaxation tool is uh, Ru RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> yeah, that's, there's a few lovers there. I, I, it's, for me, it's like a spiritual experience watching it. I was I, a bit nervous when you said you're a relaxation tool. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one of those. That's actually... <laughs> my, mine's still in the packet. I've got loads. <laughs> um, so I haven't quite that? got the scissors out yet. <laughs> is it... How long is the show? Um, do you have to... Do you binge it? Oh, fuck. Binge it? I mean, it's like... I'm like... I force now my children to get into it. I mean, it's totally <laughs> age... I mean, they're kind of... My younger is at 14 and 11, so it's slightly age-inappropriate, but they've, they've, they're coming round. They're coming round. I'm like, we're not watching Bill's Burgers. We're not watching another... We, we're going to go RuPaul. And um, I, I love it. I absolutely love it, because it's engaging in just, in just the right level, so you're awake and you're focused, but it's... 
but it's also funny and and brilliant and so yeah so it's it's perfect it's perfect i'm glad i've sort of been weaned off other kind of celebrity googling which was an unhealthy relaxation what, what like, is this? Where you'd Google other celebrities? Celeb- no, 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 not other. I don't consider myself. Not like, I mean, I mean like proper, you know, like Kim Kardashian. <laughs> but surely you don't have to Google her. She just tells you everything anyway, you do, doesn't she? You do have to Google her so she can tell you that she's oh. on holiday or whatever. I mean, it's sad. And I'm, and, or Rihanna. You know, but she's quite boring at the moment, and so um, <laughs> nothing's going on with her. Um, so RuPaul is Maybe really, really watching... doing it for me. RuPaul is so... I just... I love her. And it's just... It's beautiful, RuPaul's Drag Race. It's absolutely... It's tears, it's laughter. It's also... And it's made me more aware of my outfits. <laughs> like, I'm kind of like, think, what would, would RuPaul... Like... <laughs> Like, how would she assess? Do you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's only doing good things for me, RuPaul. <laughs> so, that. Is it not a car show? <laughs> Bless you. I'm so... Listen, I get excited for people who haven't gone into the chapel <laughs> of RuPaul, because it means you've got it all to come. It's basically, it's It's based on the old things. They they were sort of like, I think it's emerged in cities in the US, a specific type of ball, it was called. And it was basically where men, predominantly African-American men, would congregate from the 70s and do sort of drag shows. So they would have all these different categories and they would congregate and meet and they would have strength and togetherness in those sort of evenings, and they would all be given different awards for, you know, best sort of secretary, you know, best glamour girl, and they would walk, they would sort of, you know, chasse up and down. (laughs) And then, then, so basically, out of that, RuPaul came out of that scene and became, like, the most famous drag queen in America. And so his show is a sort of uber-glamorous version of that competition. So each week they do different tasks... And there's, they, it's just amazing. <laughs> I really don't know what it says about me, but I've never seen RuPaul's Drag Race, but I have actually been to a drag race. Like, and that car cars, drag race. I've really been fast, to, yeah. I love... Uh, it's going, really smelly. It's fun, though, right? I love drag racing as well. Well, this is so confusing. <laughs> Victoria, so basically, OK, contestants, think, think like a competitive reality, sh- reality show. Ten or something at the beginning, get in... They just put in their videos and go, hey, Ru, and then they show you their, 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 their wardrobe and they, they tell you, you know, they, you, they've got clips of them performing in drag. So it's sort of, it's like Only Connect, only not. It's, exa- <laughs> it's exactly like Only Connect, but with wigs and duct tape. That's... You've got it. You've got it. Okay. Diane, how do you relax? I mean, obviously, now I'm, you're going to be watching... Yeah, watching. I never Please. consciously try to relax, because I'm always quite... Laid back anyway. <laughs> so I'm trying to need... wake up, that's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need to wind up, not wind yeah. down? <laughs> so you're always relaxed. Yeah, pretty much. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs>
you've all been very funny this evening. I just wonder, what is it that is always guaranteed to make you laugh? Oh, hearing someone sneeze in the distance. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's hearing someone blow their nose <laughs> in the distance. <laughs> always make me laugh. Perfect. Can someone do it? Was that close enough? It's too close. To say, so I, need, I need people blowing their nose. <laughs> what makes you know when some people like when I blow my nose, it's pretty silent. Yeah, but, but when, like, <laughs> when my husband blows his nose, it's like fucking yeah. Dumbo. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, I don't know what makes that. Jess, uh, I'm just trying to think what always makes me laugh. People sort of kind of when they're unselfconscious about their kind of pomposity. And I, I go on the train a lot, because I come up and down from Folkestone. And I like going on the train, because you always kind of conspire on people. And, what, and, like, and I just, for example, observing people in there. And, I, and I'm chuckling inside, because they, they're unaware of how they're coming across. But that always makes me laugh. But I, there was just this couple, older couple, he was doing the crossword, and she was reading a book on Kindle, and there was a child just a bit further down, just no making normal child noises. Perhaps a little louder. I think they were with the dad, so it was an unusual scenario because the dad was taking care of them, so they were a little bit more boisterous. And every time the child went, ah, <laughs> this old guy was just going, <laughs> <laughs> like kind of <sighs> shifting round. And then glancing up at the woman who sort of look at him and nod and, <laughs> and then look down again. And that just stayed totally unaware that I was sort of like eyeing them kind of out and just enjoying their, you know, invisible kind of nonsense. And then, and then she actually came along and started to talk to me, the little girl. And I could just feel him <laughs> just, he was just bristling, just even at the sound of her voice, like going, do you work in an office? I was like, no, but I'd like to. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she, she was basically there and literally under his breath while she was standing there talking to me, he went, oh, she just wants attention. Like that. I was like, yeah, she's a fucking child. She wants attention. Yes, well done. But I, I find that kind of... Thing funny. I find that funny. Oh, I love mothers on the edge. <laughs> Listening. Uh, it's because I don't have children, so I get to listen to children chucking at the most terrible temper tantrum on a train and yeah. just seeing a woman. Um, there was a, I saw one brilliantly. The guy came past with a trolley and she said, Do you sell any booze? And he said, Yeah. And she said, Can I have a small bottle of one of those little mini bottles of yeah. wine? And then one of the kids just went Aah! and started screaming and she went, Make that too. <laughs> <laughs> Mothers on the edge are brilliant. <laughs> Victoria? No, this is awful, because for some reason my brain is emptied, apart from this one thing that always makes me laugh, and it's very un-PC, so I can't, because I'll be oh, shouted at. Oh, you can say it. Oh. Say it, say it, say it. Come on. You might regret it, you guys. This could be really awful. <laughs> but that's the thing with the modern... Well, it used to be you'd say this kind of thing in a theatre, people would laugh, it'd be forgotten, and now... This is exactly coming back to what I said before about the worst thing about your job. Yeah. It gets written down and people hear a version, they shout at you forever. Ah, all right. Okay, look, I'll say, but then if it sounds terrible, you have to not put it in the podcast. It, we, but, oh, we can certainly not put it in the podcast. Lo oh, definitely lots not. of things. You know, lots of things about friends make me laugh, my husband makes me laugh, there's TV shows I find funny. But when you said that, I saw this one thing that I just think of it sometimes and laugh. Um, it's like a. Oh, dear. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to say it. Don't judge me. Uh, it's just a, a, a thing Is that I... Is it re-assist? It feels like no. it may be... No, okay, I'm just checking. Because <laughs> I don't want 
wondered if it's racist. Did you murder someone? <laughs> that I'm not answering here. Okay. But no, okay, no, what it is? It's, okay, it's just a thing that always makes me laugh, just literally a few times a week I think of it and laugh. In the video of I just called to say I love you, <laughs> there's a bit where Stevie Wonder is singing into a phone. And I sometimes think they could have given him something to hold that wasn't a phone. <laughs> <laughs> or... <laughs> and I thought of it once and it made me laugh and then it comes back into my head and I think about what things it could have been. <laughs> it could have been a giant phone. Yeah. And it could have been a relaxation tool. <laughs> Obviously, that wouldn't have been funny if anybody had really done it, because it would have been an exploitative of a, of a great artist, and, you know, but... And, and he's, a, he's a, a wonderful man, and in a way, you know, the, the, you know, he, he was a bit un unlucky, you know, and, he, and it's, he's an inspiring... <laughs> an inspiring person, and the fact that, you know, it's, he, it doesn't... He, it, <laughs> and yet, but you just imagine they could have... Yeah. You know... <laughs> Very naughty. That's quite naughty. I feel like we might be a leaving it in the podcast. <laughs> it was a cucumber in my mind when you said that. So that is. So, so is it, the honest answer to the question is that is a thing that makes me laugh about <laughs> once a week. Um, but uh, but in the edited version, uh, Thirty Rock. That always makes me laugh. <laughs> I love that show. Oh, and that's why it's worth coming to the live events. <laughs> do you look up to? This should be fairly swift. Diane? No, be no because it, it's a name, a reason, and let's move the fuck on. <laughs> Diane? Um, Julie Walters? Mm. Yeah. 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 Julie Walters, yeah. Alison Stedman. Mm. Julie Davis. Jessica. <laughs> oh, you're just passing the question on? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, she was. She was. <laughs> uh, um, oh, who do I look up to? I mean, I normally, I really, I, again, people who, who don't do, sort of do what I do, you know, I look up to people who sort of, um, I feel, I just like, I've got a friend who's an adventurer, and I kind of sort of think that looks really exciting. Is that a job title? Yeah. Is it? Is yeah. That does she ever have a bar moustache? No. <laughs> she, she just goes around the world on a motorbike, like, to really unusual places and then writes books about that. And Is I that not think. just rich? <laughs> or...? No, that's... She, she makes... She writes books doing about it. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I just... I think I... I, I think, it, you know... But, I, I mean... I, I, I admire... My, I, I, I'd struggle to think of anyone I don't admire, and then not, I don't mean that in a... in a sycophantic, wanky way. I, I think we're all doing really well, do you know? Because <laughs> it's really hard. <laughs> Living is really hard. And so, you know, anyone who, who's, who's really gets up in, in the morning... <laughs> you know, and we're laughing, but there are people who don't, you know? So let's, let's not laugh at them. <laughs> um, they're sitting there listening to this, thinking, fuck, she's talking about me. I am. <laughs> Maybe try and get out of bed. You don't have to get out of the house, but just maybe get out of bed and have a glass of water or something. <laughs> you know, and, and well done for doing it. 
I do genuinely. I think, yeah. Nice people I really like, and I think most people are nice. There's only, the, there's only a little pocket full of... <laughs> Diane just mouthed, cunts. <laughs> Victoria, whose career do you look up to? What I look up to is a, is a funny term. I mean, I, I admire people that are, are good, that do good things. I mean, there's a, there's a woman who runs a, a homeless charity near me, um, Dorset London, in fact, if you're looking for somewhere to give money to. And it's, it's a wonderful thing. She's had a, a very difficult life herself, and she's given her life to looking after the children and families in temporary accommodation, and it's, it's a wonderful, bright, joyous place. So, you know, the, the admiration that you feel for somebody who you think they have given their life for not very much recognition uh, to doing small good things around them and making the world a better place that way. As a performer... Um, Chris Morris is someone I admire a lot um, because he doesn't do very much. I, no, that's a very important thing. And it's, it's a very difficult temptation to resist. I say no to quite a lot of things. It doesn't look like it because I make a quiz that has 37 episodes a year. So it's like I'm always there. But th you can often judge people by the things they say no to. And Chris Morris could have done so many millions of things and sort of diluted what he does. And it's like he, he's been ages and ages and ages of quiet and then he'll do something and it's just always brilliant. And, and the fact that he, you think about all the choices he made to not take the money to do something easy. Um, I, think that, I think that's great. Mm. And then everything he's done has been a, a work of genius as far as I'm aware. I was going to say, I always say Jenny Clay, I always say Jenny Clay, but this time I'm going to say anybody who's ever written a book, because I'm <laughs> writing a book at the moment, and wowzers, it's a lot of words. <laughs> so anybody who's ever written a book, well fucking done. Thank you very much for coming. Uh, please thank our guests, Victoria Corin Mitchell, Jeff Hines, Diane You have been listening to Standard Issue in Conversation with Victoria Corin Mitchell, Jessica Hines, Diane Morgan, Hannah Dunleavy and me, Sarah Milliken, recorded live at Leicester Square Theatre in London. The theme music and stings were composed and recorded by Barry Hilton, all rights reserved. Many thanks to those involved in putting this podcast together. The show was recorded and edited by Maddie Hickish. The event was organised by Jen Offed. Thanks to Leicester Square Theatre and all in the audience and all on the stage. All of our podcasts are available on iTunes and Podomatic. Thank you. Standard issue for all women. <laughs>